Hello, welcome to the Adam Fitch podcast. I am Adam Fitch, and today I'm joined by probably my favourite esports host, and I am not biased at all. I'm here with Frankie Ward. Thank you for joining me, Frankie. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet. Thank you. I did not know that. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. It's true. People are not like me for that, but hey, it is what it is. So I, I guess when people start out podcasts, uh, what they tend to do is kind of ask people to introduce themselves. But I don't want you to repeat things you've more than likely said like 50 times. So instead, I'll just kind of ask, like, why esports? Why are you working in esports? And why is it something that attracts you as such? So my origin story in esports is basically I did a BBC uh, show or coverage of League of Legends in 2015 at Worlds uh, because it was in London and I just fell in love with it I was working with Joe Miller who was working for Riot at the time and we had Demon aka Lee Smith casting with uh, James O'Leary who now works for Splice for their LEC team which is the League of Legends European series if anyone's not familiar with League and I just loved it and I'd always loved video games but I didn't realize I could work in it and then I discovered esports and I was like these people are amazing and this community, this audience is amazing. How do I not know about this? So I just, was just really curious, discovered what Twitch was. And then that was that really, went to Twitch as a producer, was itching to do more esports, but most of what I was doing wasn't aligned with it bar running an esports stage at Insomnia really. So I just started hosting on the side to kind of fulfill that desire of being in esports. And then it ended up pretty much being my full-time thing. Oh, that's good going. So, um, I'll, I'll jump. I'll jump straight into something that people are talking about a lot at the moment. I think James Banks came out and spoke about it recently, and I think Henry G has as well. So, um, tournament organizers, event organizers have not been too forthcoming with dates and schedules and stuff for events, and that can cause mm-hmm. a bit of problem when it comes to having a social life or having a life outside of working at all. And I know sometimes um, you can be traveling from one place to another working events. Like, have you? Um, been subject to this kind of thing. Uh, obviously, I'm not asking you to jeopardize any relationships with yes. organizers, yeah. but as much as you're willing to speak on that, is it a problem for yourself? Um, my boyfriend is a very patient man, I shall say that. Uh, you never know if you're going to get asked to fill in for someone like poor James Banks got... Uh, had had a family emergency essentially before ESO won New York, and, and luckily I happened to, to have that weekend off, and so I ended up going to Cologne to fill in on the desk for him. And I remember ringing my boyfriend and being like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I don't even think we had the answer that weekend, but it was more that we actually had a weekend together. Yeah. And he was really supportive of me going off. So sometimes it's a case of being free, ready, willing, able to to step up and to fill in. Because that was the first ESL one I'd ever done uh, in anything. I, I went on to do ESL one Hamburg stage hosting for Clash of Clans, but certainly for Counter-Strike, doing ESL one for me was a big deal. Um... And then there's the issue sometimes where you commit to something in advance. So I did Omni Sports Report last year, which I loved. I loved that team, loved the show, um, brilliant working with Parler, but I had to turn some things down because I committed to these dates. So what that meant was I I couldn't do it this year. So sometimes it's a double-edged sword. If you actually commit to something very early, then you might miss out on something else. And so what... I personally want right now is for tournament organizers to come forth and say, we know you're good. We know you don't get complacent for being hired. We know you're going to work really hard. And the longer lead time you have, the more time you're going to have to be able to prep if it's a new game. So yes, we would like you. I actually had a couple of tournament organizers who have done that. But I don't know at the same time what other dates for things are. So I feel guilty right now because 
I I want it that way. And I have a couple who are trying to make my life much easier right now, but I'm making their life difficult because I'm still not committing either. So it's almost like buying a house where you've got your, I'm not chain free right now. <laughs> there are people who might do the job if I say no to it, who are waiting behind me. And there's another tournament organizer in front who hasn't told me if they need me or what the dates are yet. So I'm kind of stuck in something. So I totally am on the side of, of talent and saying we, we need to know dates. But I also understand from tournament organizers perspective that they need to secure sponsors. They might have to move their dates because of the major change, all those kinds of things. So we're all in this boat together. But if anyone would like to hire me for next year, then please get in touch now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking I might hire you to host the Adam Fitch podcast. It'll be in my name, <laughs> but you're a better host than me. So, no, I can't do the act. I can't do accents, Adam. I'd oh, be rubbish. No, no, you just need to be yourself. I'm, you, don't, you don't have to pretend to be me. Right? You just, uh, you just, um, just promote promote my my name, really, my brand as such. Um, I'll do my so, best. <laughs> so obviously, in the past a year or two, I guess, I guess last year, you've um become quite um a regular t- um piece of talent in CS:GO events. Mm, um, yeah, I think this year especially, I I did three events last year one of them was may one was june and one was october so i wasn't too regular which is why when i came to the im katowice people were like who the hell is this <laughs> uh, but but with that in, in mind like the talent pool in csgo is quite closed in my opinion like you see the same talent at a bunch of different events often close together so um how how was it kind of integrating into that was it was it easy to do so or, or did were people accommodating like members of talent and such or I remember doing, uh, well, during the the Face It minor, I was very fortunate. I had a Vendetta, I had Maniac, and I had Pimp on the desk with me. I mean, uh, Pimp was quite sassy with me on the desk. I ended up calling Pimp and Halva like my, my desk sons because Maniac came a few days later and, and Maniac's uh, sort of very gentlemanly. And like Halva is like, a Vendetta is like this angel. He's like one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. Um, and Pimp's a rascal, isn't he? So mm-hmm. I was very fortunate that I had those guys with me uh, that James Bardolph like uh, saw me do this one like tiny event called the Gamdon Premier and, and took a chance on me. So um, yeah, I, I feel very fortunate in that regard. When I did the Star Series 6 in Kiev in October, which it's quite an intense event. I was doing very, very long days on that. Um, and I was really looked after by the talent there as well. So I worked, I'd met Stunner once before, I met Sponge once before. And I was already friends with Henry G and a new machine as well before I started Counter-Strike. But, uh, but Sponge and Stunner like really looked after me because it's quite isolating of voice. So I was, I was really, really lucky in that sense. Um, but then when I came into Katowice, it was a bit harder because suddenly people were actually taking notice of the fact that I was there. And I think I needed to be a bit more forthcoming and being like, uh, this is really hard. And instead, I kind of kept myself to myself in that sense. Right. Um, but like, so that was that was when it got hard. It wasn't hard before then. I know that sounds so stupid, but it wasn't hard. Like all the talent being really nice to me, but um, I isolated I felt isolated a bit more in Katowice because it was a three week long event and I was definitely kind of had to start learning to do things like avoiding Reddit and, and this, that and the other. And I didn't really know who to talk to about it. Yeah. So that's something I've kind of came out recently and said, because it was hard and it's, it's much better now. Um, 
and uh, yeah, I'm very lucky that I get to go between different games as well. So I get to experience yeah. different styles of green rooms and and work with lots and lots of different people. So basically a host hall <laughs> <laughs> well, well, speak to people i just speak to them adam yeah but uh, but this leads <laughs> into my next point quite well actually so yes obviously you speak to people and speak about people but um a lot of research has to go into that so you know what's what especially if you haven't worked say the previous event leading into this you need to know mm. what was kind of happening to carry on the storylines and such right so and i assume a lot of research has to go into that mm-hmm. and yes uh, absolutely and, and that's unpaid Right. So can, can you, oh, I assume it is like the time you take at home or in airports yes. or before the events. So can you, can you uh, uh-huh. kind of discuss that a little bit, kind of the process and, and how much work really goes into that? Because I think a lot of people yeah. ignore it. So for me, if you my day rate kind of includes that research, right? I come prepped. Uh, so I do spend time that I'm not technically on paper paid for working. And I consider that that's, what you get when you hire me, right? I suppose my brand is, um, I'm energetic, I'm enthusiastic, but I know my shit and mm-hmm. I, I research very thoroughly. Um, and so it got really hard during times of this year to to do that because I was working back to back and I was constantly traveling and my body was on different time zones and going crazy. But because I was doing so much Counter-Strike, so I've done 18 Counter-Strike events as we speak, I've got one more this year. Uh, I was following the teams around, I was following their storylines and things like that. And I would not be able to do my job without HLTV, mm-hmm. just the stats. I don't have much time to watch events when I'm not at them because I'm normally working a different event or I have to give my brain a rest. It's, it is can be very, very stressful when you're watching the same thing. Uh, well, you're not watching the same thing, but you know what I mean? You're watching the same game mm-hmm. and it will all kind of merge into one. So listening to podcasts can be really helpful, looking at HLTV, looking at the numbers and things like that. If I can't dedicate three hours to watching or four hours to watching the best of three, right? Yeah. Um, so for me, my process... For Counter-Strike, for example, I will look at Wikipedia and I'll look at the overall results. I will go to a team page on HLTV and I will look go to their stats and look at their match stats. And I will literally look at all the teams they've played recently. I'll see all their results and, and the teams recently um, that they've been playing, uh, whether it's mostly online or offline. I will then go into those matches themselves and, and look at the map so i'll be able to find out their map pool by looking at the last 10 events um i will look at obviously how they performed individually as players on the team and also how they tended to perform in general like t sides t sides t sides it is a bit hard if i don't know the team like dreamhack opens are harder to work towards because we don't really know too much about the team so i need to lean on the analysts much more but but i'll also um still look at those individual players so hey, this is the Benelux qualifying team. So know nothing about them, but I can literally look at the weapons they use and I can go, oh, all right, this person's, you know, this person's the author, for example. So there are things that you can do to help yourself. Um, I will also sometimes email teams or players and go, hey, tell me about yourself. So I will literally <laughs> attack from all angles. So I had like a 30-page document going into Ian Katowice. Oh. And now a lot of that knowledge is in my brain. But I need to be more spontaneous in terms of, not panicking so much if I get asked to do interviews because I want to look at my notes where I want I to be honest it's already in my brain I just need chance to like think about how I want to tackle that interview and how I want to write the questions and stuff so like I know that I need to be more spontaneous sometimes but I get so terrified that if I ask a really open question then the audience is going to be like she knows nothing yeah. <laughs> so yeah I take it very seriously well I mean you still 
get some of those comments they write, even though you obviously know your shit. And and it'll go in the Twitch chat, and it'll be on Twitter, and it'll be Reddit, mm-hmm. and it'll be HLTV forums. Like even in your own Twitch chat, you get people. Like I, I tuned into your stream quickly yesterday. Oh god! I don't yeah. know if you saw that, <laughs> but somebody was telling you like, oh, you need to change your mouse sensitivity. It's like right, I'm playing the game. I, I will yeah. figure that out. Like how how the hell do you cope with that? And why do you think people think you give a shit about their input? Like I, it doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Everyone's their own favorite critic, I guess, but. Yeah, and I I go back through my vods of things, and I I do my own criticism. I give my own feedback. If production gives me feedback, then great. But I don't take feedback from the audience. And some there are some talent that do, mm-hmm. and that's absolutely fine with them. But I do not do that because when it came to the major, there were people saying things about me on Reddit that were not true. People saying I only asked yes no questions, or that I only asked how do you feel those kinds of things, and that yeah. was not the case. And that. That was really distressing to me at the time because I had no control over that. So people were saying things and they were not true. But of course, if some once that person says something, then other people agree and people pile on. And then occasionally I would see like glimmers of hope. I'd see someone replying and saying, that's not actually true. She's been doing this, this and this. So sometimes I would see these comments and go, okay, actually just keep doing what you're doing. And then what happened over the course of several events was people started to get used to me and the comments became less like that and of course there are still going to be negative comments because not everyone's going to like me and that's absolutely fine um and not everyone is even going to respect me which is slightly more distressing but that's you know i have to take that that is that does come with a job it doesn't mean i should have to put up with people writing horrendous things about me um because no one should have to put up with that it doesn't matter whether you're in the public eye or not on twitch it can be very difficult i am a lot more um i'm a lot tougher on people on twitch because i noticed that yesterday i was like this is frankie i was like go on yeah (laughs) because it's my it's it's my space and if someone if someone comes up to you no one would come up to you on the street and say you're holding your handbag wrong no one would come up to you on the street usually and say you're not walking properly and people come to my twitch chat and they and they will literally talk about me like i'm not there they will uh they will kind like literally tell me what i'm doing wrong and all that kind of thing i'm the person who watches back vods and goes i said basically too much in that interview i did this that and the other i talked too slowly there i i pick up on things mm-hmm. i've got so much better at counter strike since i started really playing it more regularly and that's because i i self-feedback i learn from my mistakes when people jump in on twitch chat and tell me the mistakes i'm making well one sometimes actually that wasn't the mistake i made but two, that that takes something away from me. Like when we were young and we were learning to play, I don't know, Tekken on our PlayStation 1, we maybe had a brother or sister like watching us, but we didn't have 200 people all telling us at the same time their opinions on what we were doing wrong. Yeah. Now, I do share my gameplay experience with the community, but it doesn't give them a right to to take away my enjoyment. And so I shut that down very quickly, especially like yesterday someone came and I wasn't taking too much notice of twitch chat because i was trying to get a rank and i looked across and someone was saying they were making a point and they were um they were essentially dicking on feminism and i'm saying you can take that to reddit and argue it there and i but they'd given their own opinion at the same time and it was quite a misogynist opinion so i told them to just get out of my twitch chat because that's not the place i don't want to have that conversation yeah. there and then and they got very upset about it but then I, uh, lots of people in Twitch chat corrected them and said, well, you actually, they were like, I didn't start it. And people said, well, you actually did 
you you had an act of aggression when you were making your point so you have to accept that you've been corrected mm-hmm. um i do panic sometimes because i am like i swear like a sailor i've got an adult warning on my channel um but uh so sometimes i do worry after doing a stream i'm just like oh god are people gonna see this and, and not like want to work with me but then i'm a human playing a video game uh so i tend to not be too mean directly to people um on my twitch chat i try not to be i say they're acting like an idiot rather than they're specifically an idiot i don't know if that makes it better but, yeah. <laughs> well, why, why do you think people will come in, come into your Twitch chat, right? So, oh, you're, you're playing CS:GO and interacting with some people, right? Why mm. do they feel the need to come in and just discuss feminism and give their views on things that are completely irrelevant to what's happening at the time? Do you think it's purely I, yeah. because you're a, a woman? I think it partly is because I'm a woman playing Counter Strike, and I, I had a hundred or so more views than average yesterday um, when when this person came into my chat. So someone might have posted on HLTV that I was streaming, mm. um, and so. People came in and on HLTV, they have those kind of conversations all the time. And, you know, there's there's posts about me discussing what I look like undressed, all that kind of thing. So, oh, wow, really? um, oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Google Frankie HLTV or HLTV forums and like you'll see, because I was trying to explain it to someone the other day and I actually never Googled Frankie HLTV, but I thought I'd do it to just show them. And literally the post that came up, I was like... The tones of these posts have changed uh, from how they were months and months ago, but they are still talking about what I look like naked. So, you know, never change how to TV. I sarcasm. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, I think that they, a group decided to come in and that sometimes happens. And then um, they decided to, to bring that agenda to my chat to try and tilt me in that way. But yeah, I am trying to get better at just ignoring it when people backseat or give me tips, but I still can't help myself. I need to stop. I need to just ignore it. Um, but it's like the first time someone backseated me and it upset me on Twitch was when I was playing the game Inside and I was trying to work out a puzzle. Okay. And Inside, you ca- your, your kid dies. You're playing as a kid and you die when you get it wrong. And it's quite distressing. The sound design is very effective. And someone came into my chat and I looked across to my chat at the wrong time and they told me how to do the puzzle and I was livid. I was really upset, really upset that someone would do that because um, I hadn't asked. Mm-hmm. They just came in and they spoiled a moment because even if I, if I got that challenge right without seeing what they had written, then I would have looked across and it would have looked like I'd done it because of them. And that's that for me is a big thing. Like I, if I get a quad kill luckily in counter-strike it's not because someone told me my crosshair placement was bad so that's one of the joys of counter-strike is like people's backseating doesn't affect me in the same way mm-hmm. um but people don't understand that tips that you haven't asked for is is a type of backseating they're like it's just tips and they'll go if she doesn't want to get better uh like then she can just stay a rubbish player well look i'm a bad i'm not a great player i know that but i also um i've got so much better and uh i'm i'm quite good at clutching now it turns out because i can my headphones are really bloody good or maybe it's my game sense but i know where people are coming from um so normally if i lose those situations it's it doesn't tend to be because i was taken by surprise it tends to be because i missed a shot or i had to reload um basically that's that's kind of what happens so i'm not a professional by any means i am a below average player i'm sure but i'm getting i'm getting there i think i think maybe that's part of like streaming to a, um, a majority esports audience right where well, they're used to mm. watching 
that quote unquote the best <laughs> players of all time, right? And then they go to yeah. some, they go and watch somebody who's not the best, but is like improving, obviously. And then you're not improving through their comments. It's like you're working things out yourself. But they're mm-hmm. so used to everyone having to be the best. And if if simple doesn't get the one v five clutch, they'd flame him if he got four of them, for example. So it's maybe more of like mm-hmm. a an esports and a a bigger problem perhaps but still yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy like i'll i'll tweet out something and people will tell me my tweet is wrong or ask why i've tweeted and it's just like well it's my twitter you can easily just not follow me and if you're not following following me and asking it then like you're just gonna get blocked it, it, people are so strange and i think social media and and youtube and twitch and stuff kind of makes people feel more perhaps significant than what they are in a sense like everyone mm. everyone's significant in their own right but some people think that their opinion is the way or their way is the only way. And it's it, it, it certainly doesn't work like that. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I, I'm really fortunate that people watch me on Twitch. I I do love that community. And, and it does self-police when, when people backseat and things like that. I have regulars who will correct them or ask them not to do it. I have fantastic mods who literally ask for nothing in return. Okay. Um, I And I stream so ad hoc anyway because I'm normally traveling. So I'm really fortunate that i have people who want to hang out and then there obviously that comes with people who are there for other reasons i had someone griefing me the other day who was stabbing me or just shooting me or just literally um blocking my path when we were playing we're playing on cash um and flash banging constantly and it was a pop flash game that's how the guy got in because he'd been banned from my twitch chat and it was really unfortunate because there were people from my twitch chat who wanted to play a game of cs and this guy wasted 45 minutes of our time because I didn't want to quit the game because I had those people there in the match. But yeah. everyone on the opposite team as well were getting really annoyed at this guy as well like because it wasn't a real game. Um, and it's a shame that someone had the power to do that. But I decided not to tweet about it because I didn't want to give that guy attention because I knew that guy would go to my Twitter. He would try and see if I wrote anything about it. Oh, and no, I'm not going to do that. I'm mentioning it now on this blog uh, on, here because it was last week. Nobody will um, watch this anyway, don't worry. No, no. Well, this guy won't because he hasn't got taste, so it's fine. Oh, I <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, no nothing um, with my name attached will, will ever make waves. Don't worry about that. You're don't safe. be silly, don't say that. You you won your UK eSports award. Okay, we'll talk about that then, right? Because obviously <laughs> we, um, we'd been at a couple of events together. I was there working with yeah. Chris. You were there hosting and such, um, but we never got to meet each other. And then just yeah. as... The ESI, the Esports Insider team, were like forcing me to go and take a picture with the award and them. Like I finally got to got to meet yourself, right? And you also won on that on that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. How how much importance do you place on awards? I, I guess it's twofold. Ooh. Like one on awards for the industry in general, and I guess for the UK in general. Yeah. And then, and then for yourself, like personally, how how do you feel about them? So, the UK one is really really lovely. Um, so I won it um last year as well um really lovely i felt this year yeah i felt (laughs) i felt that last year was an amazing vote of confidence um and then this year i was a bit like oh should i be nominated because there are other people doing more in the uk and then i thought about it and realized i had done i had done a few things in the uk so actually i shouldn't maybe write myself off for it um i this year God, this way talking about awards because now I sound like really, uh, but um, I got nominated for the international esports award or the esports awards. The, 
Yeah, <laughs> and I wasn't expecting that, especially as the previous year I got along and, and given out Unsung Hero of the Year and nominated my own tit tape. But I, <laughs> to get nominated for that was, was, that was really surprising. And it did, it did mean something in, in that moment. But I'm also, I'm still slightly skeptical about those things because I won't, I won't win one. I'm, I haven't been around for long enough. I don't deserve to win the the host of the year one, and I'm not going to get voted for either. So being nominated is nice because it sort of says, okay, right, we, we, we see you. But I think it's really difficult because with eSports Awards, there are so many different scenes, so many different platforms, mediums, different types of games and stuff like that. So how do you judge it? Um, I saw the, uh, the game awards have, uh, done, they've done esports again this year. Yeah. And I'd, I'd be really curious to see the committee for that. Not cause I'm not nominated. I wouldn't expect to be nominated cause there's only like four or five nominees. They're exactly the same as last year's nominees and they're all fantastic and they're all amazing in their field. So absolutely fair play, but I don't know how their system works or how they nominate their like teams of the year and things like that because i think last year they had team of the year but they didn't specifically say i think cloud nine won but they didn't specifically say for what game it was i can't okay. remember well, they've changed i think they're a bit year. better this year they've changed yeah. that this year and i feel i think i could be wrong but i'm like 90 percent sure that um there are people on the website or it does show the say the publications that voted and stuff like that at least oh, for the wicked. Well, awards, so. so there's yeah, a bit more transparency there but it is okay. of course it is always just a, a popularity thing right and it's just like yeah. and people are popular for a reason though Adam. that's the thing people are popular for a reason for me the most important thing is like getting hired because oh, i wasn't necessarily hugely popular when i started doing counter-strike for example like i wasn't popular with that audience but tournament organizers took a chance on me and kept hiring me so for me it's much more important that i'm working and i'm being able to afford new windows for the bloody wreck that we're renovating me and my boyfriend than having something having a trophy to put in that house and like when i look at esports awards this year um golden boy won and totally deserved to like well he's everyone, what an incredible he? talent yeah and he had such a huge year and i've worked with alex a few times and he's a superstar in every sense he's it's not just his presence on screen and his commitment and charisma and talent there it's also what he does off screen it's the way that he interacts with production the other talent like Alex is someone who is old school in the sense that he is he's the center of the production he brings people together he makes everyone feel good about themselves and that makes the show better it's not just about what he's doing on screen it's about what he's doing off it as well he is a, an absolute team player he's a superstar and I'm so lucky to have worked with him um because he's taught me a lot and he helped me believe in myself a bit more. So for me, I've got all the time in the world for for Alex and and all the other nominees on that list as well. I haven't met a couple of them, but like people like Shocks, Machine, Stunner, like they they mean a lot. Like to me, they're people I really look up to. Mm -hmm. So last year you worked at um, PGI, so the PUBG Global Invitational. Um, yes. Have you done other PUBG events as well? I believe you have, right? And, yeah, and mobile yeah. ones as well. Yes. But, um, but you didn't work for or work with any of the leagues this year. But so PUBG Cop started no, its own esports initiative with six leagues and three additional competitive regions, and uh, a lot of the, the kind of um, usual suspects were there involved as talent. Um, so 
can you discuss that at all? Is that something you have been interested in doing? I know it's a more, it's like a longer commitment rather than um, just like a, a weekend or a full week or something. It's like you're, you're there for potentially months. Yes, which is in some ways it's a really good thing, right? And I love stability. all the PUBG talent. Yeah, the stability is really nice. The idea of that as something I want in the future, I think. Um, and oh my god, I get to work with like Sims and Pansy on the regular, which would just be class. Mm-hmm. But I, for me, I didn't know if I get to do um, the, the PUBG Europe League uh, PL because they didn't decide on talent until in the new year and i wasn't sure if i wanted to commit to PUBG full time yeah. um i i did really want to do counter strike but i also didn't expect i did not know that i would get asked to do the major i kind of first heard inklings in in january and that was a long week or so to wait to find out if oh, i was going god. or not yeah. oh my god <laughs> i definitely um teared up a little bit when i when i got that one <laughs> um so yeah i kind of i wanted to i did want to look into to see us um but i had no idea it was gonna be what it was this year yeah. um so yeah i had to i think make decisions about about those commitments and for me it wasn't it wasn't the right i i don't think it would have been the right move but then again like i don't know that if i'd if i'd been asked um to do it then, then maybe maybe i would have but i'm not sure i love PUBG though it was really nice going to do PUBG mobile in uh in july it was uh because i got to be with my mates again yeah like, from PUBG. was that the one in berlin pmco yes the PUBG mobile club, club open, open spring split global finals 2019 i, I was there yeah. I, I was there right yeah and you had to read out all of the teams and all of the names obviously it's a global event and that yeah. was incredibly cruel i thought why are you making <laughs> well, you do that every day oh uh, you know what it was it's fine i'm quite strict to myself with stage hosting i don't like looking at cards but obviously i had to for for reading out the player names oh yeah. my goodness and making sure i got the order right for me it was tough because the um i didn't sleep for the first two nights i i had not slept um and I'm really lucky, I like because the PUBG talent is so amazing, and they they kept me going. But I think that's the most sleep deprived I've been on a show. Apart from PGI in 2018, I didn't sleep the night before the the first day. We had a long long wait, and I it was a very busy green room with like three three different talent teams. And I remember literally being like, I need I need a room. I just need a room to lie down in. Yeah. Um, I, I just need a room to sleep because we had we were called like hours and hours before we were needed. And I just remember being there like please if i can just have somewhere to try and sleep for two hours and then you get stressed about sleeping and then i had a similar thing with um esl1 uh new york which we did in cologne the group stage and i didn't sleep the night before and i'd been on a flight at 4 a.m so i was extra sleep deprived it was the worst but but PUBG mobile that was tough but the players were lovely the translators were great production like i was working with esl poland who i love um so yeah, by the third day, I actually I slept amazingly, and I, I came in and I had so much energy. It was crazy, and like I felt really bad for the other talent. I was just like, "Hey, I'm back!" <laughs> so um, yeah, I really I really enjoyed being back. So I'd love to do more PUBG in the future. I did desk host the first. Um, no, I stage hosted. I stage hosted um, the first PUBG Classic of the Year for Face It as well in April. So oh, yeah. so I've done a little bit of PUBG this year. I need to I need to stream some soon as well because I love that game. 
even though it's not in no mind. I'm not even gonna get into that because <laughs> G Cup don't already like don't like me already as it is, right? I just I don't know. There's, there's many things going on there, especially like the global championship just happened. Mm. And viewership of the global championships year on year has, has um gone down a lot. Uh, mm. And I'm not saying it's entirely because you weren't there, but we don't know that for sure, right? It's definitely nothing to do with me. You know what? When I did PUBG Mobile, not everyone knew. Obviously, PUBG Mobile is a different game to PUBG, but like people didn't know me at first. Um, and then, and then there were a few people in chat going, "Oh, she used to do PUBG and stuff like that." So I'm not necessarily endemic to that scene. Like I, I was, I would say last year because I did quite a few events. Yeah. Um, but it's it's nice to to go back to it when I can. Uh, how do you choose games then? So how do you how how what was the thought process behind right? CS:GO is the main the main one, but I'll also do a bit of PUBG Mobile, do some PUBG. Like, how, yeah. what, what's the thought process there? Is it just simply I enjoy CS:GO the most, so I want to work in there, or is it purely Skrilla based? What what what's the deal there? I was gonna come out and say money, but that would be a joke <laughs> and a lie. I promise. Um, so for me, it's games I enjoy playing or enjoy watching, and for me. Counter-Strike, I just looked at, I just looked at the talent and the events they have, you know, like I haven't worked in ESL in Cologne, but oh God, I'd love to, uh, and the majors and things like that. And, and Counter-Strike for me is a game with so many layers. You can watch it having never seen Counter-Strike before. And I'm often watching it in a kitchen or in the corner of a, a room, which my other friends are in and they're like, what are you doing? And then I end up kind of casting for them and trying to explain it. Mm. Um, so when I look at CS, I just just think it's such a an accessible game i love rocket league even though it's such a different game to counter-strike but i love it for that similar aspect to it like anyone can watch rocket league and then you just explain to people just how hard it is to play in certain moves mm -hmm. and you're just like oh i thought i could hear something downstairs when i was a bit freaked out okay. um yeah so um yeah you just like um oh no i'm scared adam uh, go check go check if you need to check, check. I know, just screwing at your podcast. Oh, God, I'm Don't sorry. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Bit of excitement for the, um, potentially the first podcast. I think this will be the first one that goes out. Um, if there's an intruder in Frankie's apartment or home, then that, that should bring in some views, right? But no, I, I just I feel like inserting yourself into a game that's rather closed in talent is like insane insanely difficult to do and then taking on board the criticism and such as well and then doing it in such a spot, short space of time is, is ridiculous so i mean i don't know i, th I think maybe frankie gets a, a lot of the wrong kind of attention instead of re recognition obviously she won back to back at the uk esports awards and i think it's a matter of time right if if she keeps things up oh there goes she's, she's back <laughs> and she's alive so everything obviously went well Everything good? Hello. Everything all right? Yes, I think it's just my neighbours, actually. I went downstairs and I could hear them banging. Honestly, OCD is the worst. I, I have a fear of certain things. Oh, sorry, now I've run up and down the stairs. Um, yes, yeah, so different games. Um, so, yeah, Counter-Strike for me was on his pedestal. The talent, the game, the teams, the legacy. PUBG, the reason I got into PUBG was because I was making a documentary about it when I still worked at Twitch. I went to IAM Oakland in 2017. I still had the press pass from that one. Right. Counter-Strike was on one side of the curtain, PUBG was on the other. And that's where I first met Sims. And when I um, when I got made redundant from Twitch, because uh, like the, so many jobs went in the same day, I wrote to DreamHack and I said, I'd love to host Here's My Showreel. 
Um, one game I know a lot about at the moment is PUBG because of this, that, and the other. And then I got hired like a week later <laughs> to go to, to Austin. So suddenly I was booked for that. Um, I've got really into mobile gaming recently. I'm, I've actually spent money. Spent money on Clash of Clans because I did it for so Ham- Hamburg and I've got into it. Oh, it's dangerous, isn't it? Mobile games like that. Ah, oh, so dangerous because before that I'd only spent money on Candy Crush, really. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that was a that was a dark period in 2015. I had to get a very long tube commute and I was obsessed with Candy Crush, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, now I'm a walking stereotype. Woman who plays Candy Crush. Oh yeah, that's me. It is a game. It does count. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I, I look at the game whether I enjoy it, uh, the people that are involved, the production that's involved as well. Like if ESL asks me to do something, no matter what the game is, I'm probably going to consider it because mm-hmm. I really respect ESL. Um, and there's sometimes there are games I target. Like I uh, really wanted to do Counter-Strike. Uh, really wanted to do Rocket League. Um, was a dream come true doing Overwatch World Cup because I was an overwatch addict when i worked at twitch every lunchtime sometimes after work i play it sometimes in the morning when i was working in the san francisco office i would stream it i built a pc so i could play it at home and stream it from home i was obsessed mm. with overwatch so getting to be in the arena like watching jeff kaplan do his like plus con speech and all that kind of stuff and standing backstage with him as we watched this Abbott for lucio O cereal like that was that was surreal last year man that was that was really cool so yeah I, I guess for me, it's it's a number of different factors. Like getting to do LEC straight after the major this year was like mad because league was what got me into esports. So oh, I right, need to okay. start actually properly playing league and learning more and more about that game. I'd love to do some Dota because partly because the talent is so nice. There's so much fun. Like you cannot be in a room with Sir Actions Lax and not have a good time, which I know it sounds real. You can't be in a in a group of people where Sir Action Slacks is present and not have a good time. I need okay, to say that because otherwise go. it sounds really weird. Um, I definitely but... won't clip that out of <laughs> <laughs> out of context <laughs> and use it as promo. <laughs> I was in with them at ESO One Hamburg. I was in the dressing room uh, or green room with them because we we went on stage in the morning and then they were after us. And I was working on notes for a couple of CS events I had after that. And I just was kind of working from there because I just wanted to hang out with them um and they're really cool i sound like such i sound like such a geeky fangirl right now but they're like wrong with that. oh they're so great so yeah it was really fun so um i believe you're so you're sponsored by intel right or you're in some sort of deal with intel and, right yeah so intel uk sponsored me and owned okay. by hp as well okay does that cause uh, any conflict say if you go to a, a non-esl event so esl and intel are pretty synonymous at this point mm. but if, if you go to yeah. an event that has a conflicting sponsorship would that cause any problems no i don't think so it hasn't so far because if it's not um a headline sponsored event uh then i don't think there's an issue so obviously intel do actually headline sponsor events like intel extreme masters so intel is the perfect partner for me um because i've literally been using intel products my entire life pretty much and with omen by hp um like there are lots of other teams right so for example Misfits, sponsored by Alienware, but they could go and do, or Liquid, sponsored by Alienware, right? But they could go and do um, Intel Extreme Masters Beijing, which have got Predator uh, computers on the stage. Okay, they weren't there, but this is just a hypothetical example. Mm-hmm. They go and they use the computers that sponsor the event just because because they're using the computers they're sponsored by when they're practicing for the event. So for me, 
hopefully it's not going to affect me doing events. Um, I'm streaming and I'm making content on the go and that's how my internal Omen sponsorship works. So I have a, an amazing, I have to say it's amazing because it is, I have this Intel uh, powered, like i9 powered laptop with a 2080 RTX graphics card inside that Omen gave me. It's got two screens so I can see Twitch chat if I stream from it um, and 240 hertz monitor. So before I did the show match at IM Beijing, although I didn't have um, an internet connection where I could connect to Counter-Strike via, I could still play against bots and like learn about the map that I was playing because I'd never okay. played it before. So that really helped me. Um, and yeah, for editing my podcast, or if I'm editing blogs and things like that, that supports me. Um, and then I have a full Omen rig at home, keyboard, mouse, uh, my screen that I'm using right now. Um, so they're supporting me in that sense. Um, and yeah, I'm really lucky. Like I worked with Omen a lot last year. So it was like super cool that I still still get to work with them, even though I'm not doing their show on a regular basis. Yeah. Okay, so I've, I've got one more and it, it, one more question and it's probably <laughs> the most controversial out of them or the topic is at least. Uh, okay. And <laughs> no, things, things with a bang. No, no, it's fine. Uh, hopefully. I don't think okay. we'll, we'll hate each other after this. Um, so there's, there's a lot of uh, conversation. It comes up quite often about... Um, uh, women in esports right competing mm -hmm. on the same level as men so uh we've uh, what, what do you think about it? do you think it's impossible because what well, the thing is right women have access to the same tournaments as men right mm -hmm. if, if they can get there what, what why why do you think typically obviously we're seeing examples uh, of finally like w women playing along at the top of games but why, why do you think there's such a disparity between the two do you think it's just things are settled better for for men or so I will <laughs> refer you to a blog post I wrote on my website, okay. uh, which is getfrank.co.uk, everyone, where I write about my own personal experiences because I've never had the desire to be a esports like player, pro player, what you want to call them. I know some people like the word athlete, some people don't. I'm on the fence. I'm agnostic about e-athletes or whatever. Um, oh God. So for me, yeah, I know. <laughs> there you go. You hate it. Um, I don't know what it's like to want to compete, but I do know what it was like being younger and wanting to try out games. And I, I did go to a, I went to a girls' grammar school in, until like when I was 16, boys joined us in sixth form. But, and I also lived in the middle of nowhere. I didn't have decent internet connection. No one was introducing me to these games. Like it was word of mouth, right? I got my games from a pre-owned bin or for, if my dad had bought it, like Monkey Island series, we, we bought those games because we'd played them since I was, I can ever since I can remember essentially. So I didn't have anyone introducing me to the likes of Half-Life or Counter-Strike and things like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, none of the girls at school were. So even though I had a PC, so technically I was a PC and a PlayStation gamer when I was, you know, a teenager. I I didn't have anyone to play with. So, and I've sort of mentioned this a few times. I feel really bad because like my ex-boyfriend wasn't a bad person, but it was a cultural thing where he went to the land center and, played overnight, got a slip sign from his mum, you know, the drill. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't welcome there. It was a kind of like, oh, you wouldn't enjoy it, oh, blah, 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 blah. So I didn't get to do those things. Um, and I think that the environment, especially with broadband, that's a bit of a leveler. I think that things are changing. But I think that there still is a barrier potentially between, like, uh, boys and girls playing the same games or picking them up at the same time and things like that. So not all games, of course. So I think that um, there's a cultural thing, actually. That's one of the biggest barriers. Okay. Um, for example, I think, 
like on the whole women are fantastic communicators uh, like if you watch my stream some sometimes like i will i sometimes now i will top frag uh but my my main thing that i'm good at to be honest apart from using scoped weapons which i know some people think is a cheat but it's the meta guy so get over it um i i'm i'm good at passing on information i'm good at communicating um Sometimes I get too, uh, like, I will literally tell someone where the player is coming from. And sometimes I shouldn't really do that because I should just let them decide it for themselves if I get overexcited. Um, but it's really hard, right, when you know that someone's coming around the corner and they're facing the wrong way. And you're just like, he's behind you. He's coming around the corner right now. He's coming down. B stairs gone. Um, <laughs> but, like, um, sometimes I've had that information passed to me and it's been super useful. I want to clutch because someone has given me that advice. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, I think culture is a huge part of it. I think that it's quite dangerous to quote scientific studies and say, oh, well, you can see here that like men are definitely faster doing things than women are because actually that was like a test involving tennis balls or something insane. And being a great player is not about necessarily being the best player in the world. Um, not, But I think one of the things about Simple we've seen this year, for example, if we're going to talk more about CS, is like he's become a lot more team focused as a player. And I think going into 2020, it's going to be Navi's year. I think that the the elements that they're playing with at the moment is going to, it's going to come to fruition. I think Simple might win his first major next year because of that. Okay. Um, yeah. And Vitality are always very <laughs> quick to say, we set Zywu up with flash assist so yeah, he can yeah. play the way he does. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm digressing. I'm going off the point. Um, basically, I think that I, I want in the future for things to change and I want there to be mixed rosters. But I'm also not saying, I'm not saying, oh, we need to make changes to this, this, and this. Like, to the way Intellectual Masters works to get more women playing there, I think that it will happen, and it's got to happen at a grassroots level first. For me, I will say something that was quite interesting to me doing um, DreamHack, uh, hosting DreamHack Open in Rotterdam, uh, when we had Besiktas playing. Besiktas made a change... Uh, just before the event and they took a player from the Benelux team Mysterion and this guy was still training with his other team and had school or something so he wasn't training full-time with Besiktas in the run-up to the event so I don't think it was the best move it was fine there was a mixed roster absolutely cool like I was down with that but I don't think it was the best choice in terms of a player and at one point I can't remember if it was like a negative or a m249 he picked up i think it was an m249 one uh that would make more sense i guess not that it really makes sense to me anyway i think he played he picked up a gun like that or something like that like this guy wasn't necessarily always playing for the team because he's been given this platform so he's playing for himself at points uh so the reaction on reddit towards Besiktas was like predictably really cruel right uh, and they did make mistakes and things like that, but it was interesting seeing Petra start to shine towards the end of their time in that tournament. Like she's she's a fantastic player, and they they go into that tournament with knowing that these things are going to be written about them. And then on the flip side, you have Asterion. So uh, the has lost uh, their opening best of one, I think sixteen two, sixteen three. Asterion lost their opening best of one, sixteen one. Right. But there wasn't a Reddit thread about Asterion playing terribly. There was a Reddit thread about Besiktas playing terribly. So, you know, that's that's how open works. You have these teams that come in through local or regional qualifiers. Besiktas played and won the DreamHack Valencia showdown. They both came through these these qualifiers, right? Yeah. Um, and both teams 
to be honest, results-wise, did what was expected of them, at least in their opening matches anyway. So when um when I see those things on Reddit, sometimes it's like, do I dive in here? And it's like, no. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, right? I did actually a couple of times with, with, with one of those threads, but um, I have to pull back and realize that those those aren't the people whose minds you need to change. You don't need to change their minds because they don't want them changed. They just want to weigh in on a topic um, just to, to discuss it, but not necessarily to have a resolution to it. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I realized when I played IEM Beijing, I did the show match. Uh, I was on a team with Mandarin speakers. <laughs> on the opposite side is Stunner and Tarek. I was like... I'm going to get crucified on Reddit. That was all. That was what I was thinking about before. I was just thinking, God, Twitch chat, Reddit, they're going to crucify me. It's, they're all going to say awful things to me. So I set myself a challenge. I was like, I just need to get one kill. Just one kill. If I can kill Stunner even better, because he's the other host on stage. That's all I need. Because mm -hmm. there will be people who think I can't even get one. Right. I'm playing against these professional teams. Exactly, with, yeah. It's, it's with with a stage host next to me and then three professional players. But I was very excited that I was with Cardze and Freeman because I loved watching those two together at Beachy. I was really sad when Freeman went to Tylee because I felt like Beachy had such potential. Uh, but I was really excited to be with them again. Or again, not that, to have them together again and to be part of that. That was really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I went on, played, and then, yeah, I, I, there was one round where I got double or a triple kill or something like that on the T-side, which was exciting. But, like, you know, I, I didn't know the map. Uh was was playing on stage which was a good experience to have uh you know multiple things uh my team were lovely but it was like sometimes i bought when i, I really didn't realize that i wanted to save and all that kind of stuff yeah but then i won the last clutch i remember that <laughs> and we won the match right i nearly cried of course because i didn't know i could do it but the impact of that was well i was weird watching it back right i watched the match back because i wanted to write an article about it uh, was seeing people in Twitch chat. People in Twitch chat was so supportive because I was the ultimate underdog. I was probably the, one of the biggest underdogs to ever be on a bloody CS show match, right? So people were supportive apart from someone being like, she won't get one kill. Then when I won the clutch, people were like, oh, white knighting, oh, blah, 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 blah. It was like, or someone in someone in chat, someone on Reddit was like, she her crosshair placement was terrible. Her movement was, her movement, she kept looking at the ground. I watched it back. There is not one shot where I'm looking at the ground. It was not one shot. Just looking shot. For, for some shit to give, right? Yeah, exactly. And that was like, like, oh, that that comment got you know moderated to like be folded up or whatever, whatever it's called. Um, but like, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't amazing, but actually, I took some opportunities and and got them. Um, and that was not scripted. People were writing scripted, scripted, scripted. It wasn't scripted. It was a beautiful moment, but it wasn't <laughs> scripted. They made a mistake. I rotated around the desk twice. It's a really bizarre moment to watch back. I rotate because I think they're going to push me and they don't. There were two of them. They could have, like, that's a difficult map to flank on, especially if you don't know the ins and outs of it and mid and all that kind of stuff. But, like, they didn't push me. They didn't trade. They just they just went behind the van and I got them. Um, and then the impact of that, the longer term impact, was I then streamed back at home. And then I, I don't know if I top fragged on my first game, but or a second secondary like top frag or whatever you'd say um, on the first match I played when I came back, uh, just a solo queue competitive. Mm -hmm. uh, played a matchmaker with my uh, played pop flash with some of my community, and then I played a second competitive game, and I got thirty seven frags and I topped the server, and it was like, oh, like that match, being on that stage, and 
doing my my clutch queen thing <laughs> that's that I, i'm only joking i'm only joking um gave me so much confidence i realized i can do it i could actually do it i have all these people telling me i can't all the time yeah. telling me that i can't do it but actually when i try when i don't think about that sometimes i could do it and my favorite thing i was saying this in twitch i say my favorite thing i've read about me this entire year is I think in that Twitch chat, or sometimes in my own Twitch chat, but also in the Beijing Twitch chat, which is someone like writing, someone I've seen it once or twice, writing, she wins these when I'm in the hey. clutch situation. <laughs> I love that. Hype Honestly, that's like the highest compliment anyone has paid me this entire year is she wins these. And uh, since Operation, Operation Shattered Web came in, they have these things on screen that sort of, you know, the the headshotter, the this, that, and the other. And um, I, I a few times since that's come in, a few times since I played, I get the clutch. And that's cool, man. That's my thing. I can do that's it. Great. She wins. Um, and that's basically my roundabout way of saying that <laughs> if we tell women they can do it rather than saying why they won't, maybe we're going to see more of them on stage. Um, Lion, I think that's her name, uh, who won Hearthstone uh, at, at the Hearthstone Championships at BlizzCon. She stood on stage. She said the same thing. I was told I shouldn't do this. I was told I couldn't do this. Mm-hmm. But actually, I stopped listening to them, and I did it. And that's my message to anyone, male or female, who is really wanting this, who is really wanting to play on those stages and and to prove themselves and to do this. You have to focus on yourself and not focus what other people think of you. Because actually, if I did that, then I wouldn't be hosting. So. Yeah, that's my kind of parting shot. No, no, I like it, and and we'll we'll wrap it up there. I want to say thank you very much for for coming on. I'm pretty sure you'll be the first guest. We'll, we'll, this will go out first. So <laughs> I, I really appreciate Very. <laughs> um, oh, thank you so much. And, and I wish you the best of luck going into the into the next year. I know I know you'll smash whatever you do, and you'll be oh. win, winning another award, no doubt. Oh God, thank you. No, I don't <laughs> know about that. I genuinely don't like. I just want to work, man. I just like love working. I want to keep playing. I will, I genuinely want to get better at CS. It feels really good to play at the moment so but i have a tiny desk and i keep bashing my hand or like running out of mouse mat like space so i'm hoping that when i move house i will get better <laughs> you'll have to find a desk sponsor oh god it's, it's <laughs> tempting isn't it? but like every sponsor i take there's there's you know extra responsibility right so um I, I don't want to let anyone down by taking on too many things no of course well yeah i just want to say thank you again i appreciate it and yeah thank thanks man to, good luck with it thank you thank you to everyone who watches i don't know how it's all gonna go hopefully your name will bring you some views i'm sure it will but i mean yeah it was, it was really good to speak to you i appreciate it yeah I, I, I don't know i just kind of forced myself into doing this because i'm not the best of speakers i'm much better sat behind the keyboard typing but but Aww. there we go that's the first episode of the adam fish podcast on it how how can people find you online if they wish to do so so they can find me online on on twitch so it's twitch.tv forward slash frankie and then twitter at get frank instagram get frank games uh, so my Instagram story is currently mostly health renovation stuff. My Instagram feed, sadly, is mostly pictures of my face. Um, <laughs> and uh, podcast. I have a podcast called My Life in Pixels. So it's mostly me talking to people that I work with about how they got into the industry and all that jazz. And that is on iTunes, Spotify. It's on YouTube.com forward slash Frankie Ward. Uh, yeah, acast.com forward slash Get Frank. Bloody hell. Your, my social media <laughs> presence is much more uniformed than yours. If you want to find me anywhere, it's at by Adam Fitch and I'm there. So thank you again, Frankie, and thank you to everyone for listening and watching. I appreciate it. <laughs>